sort of it's not a story where I sort of like forgot where I was or what happened. Like I remember a lot of it, but I by the end of the night I didn't have pants on. <laughs> so there is one. I but knew it. It's not as sexy as you think. <laughs> I didn't have pants on because I threw up all over my pants and it was oh. just easier to take them off and yeah. try to clean them up. My uh my brother in law swears that on my twenty first birthday I threw up an entire chicken wing. <laughs> like a whole bone chicken and all, wing. Bone bone and all. Like, like you just scarfed it's it down like without I just, even like, chewing. I just like, like I just swallowed it. Ate it like a duck. And then, yeah. <laughs> That's probably why he you swear, threw it he, up. Just because right? it was a whole he, he's, fucking chicken. Well, wing. no, I, I threw it up because I had fucking like a million shots that night. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he swears he has photographic evidence and I, he has yet to prove it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, w- I will say this. Better it came out that way. Right? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just saying. That's just a thought saying. that had not occurred to me, and now I can't think of anything else because that's just terrible. Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. Hello. So, I know it's been a few weeks. We've, we've been away for a little while. Uh, I had originally planned for this episode to be a Ready Player One review when we come back. Uh, I couldn't get as many guests as I hoped for that one, so we're going to try to postpone that for next week, um, which I... Th- Seems like every time I try to do a review episode, we end up delaying a week. So this should be nothing new for people that are frequent listeners to the show. It's all, we never do it on time. It's always a week late. So you have to wait another week for Ready Player One. I'm excited to unpack that one. I can't wait to do it. I'm just hoping to grab some more guests. I'm trying to get a few people on that haven't read the book uh, to see what they think. Because I think the the few that I had sort of had ready, or at least that I assumed would probably be ready for this week, have all read the book. So... Trying to get some different perspectives for that one, because I think it'll be fun to dive into that one. So, since we pushed that one back and we're trying to find something to do for this week, we needed to come up with some sort of topic. And I started thinking we haven't really done a What's Up With You episode in a while, plus those are usually pretty easy to throw together last minute. So it seemed like the perfect opportunity to catch up with my guests for this episode. What's up with you? Not much, man. What's up with you? So... If you haven't listened to one of these before, this is basically just time for us to chat about what we've been watching, playing, reading, other stuff that we've been getting into that we haven't really covered on past episodes or other episodes before. So it's a little more casual. We really have no idea what everybody else will bring to the table, but it'll be fun. Uh, We sort of decided before we recorded that uh, Andy is going to be up first. So, Andy, what have you been up to? Okay, well, uh, the thing I'm most excited about, I think, is uh, a game for Xbox One called Sea of Thieves. I like how you added, you think you're excited about it. <laughs> well, there's a lot of other stuff I'm excited about, too. But, that, like, this one, I think, outweighs the others. So. Because it has pirates? 
Arr. <laughs> so so wait, you're on Xbox now? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that it happened. I'll catch yeah. your gamer tag at the end of yeah, the episode. It's recently. Hmm. I changed mine recently. Sorry. I noticed that because uh, I was like, who the not, fuck is this guy that showed up randomly on my Darth, list? You're not Darth Pooey anymore? No. No, it's a little sad. It, well, no, what happened is a friend of mine told me that, I don't know, whatever the hell reason, that he checked and said, oh, Darth Pool is available now with an L. And I was like, oh, sweet. So, like, 20 minutes later, I got on and went to see if I could grab it, and it was already gone again. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like... Fuck it, I'm changing my name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so now, I, now I, no longer Darth Pooey. I will no longer deal with that. That's sad. You will, you will still be Darth Pooey to me. I don't, I don't care what your gamer tag is. You're still Darth Pooey to me. You, you will never escape it. Putting it on your tombstone. If I just don't acknowledge it after so long, it'll go away. <laughs> you think that, but it's been on record way too many times on this show. <laughs> Uh, Andy, I know I, I, part of the reason I sort of came up with this topic is because I've seen you playing Sea of Thieves. I know we've talked about Sea of Thieves. I think that came up when we did E3, the last E3 one. Mm -hmm. Um, and you weren't, you were not involved with the alpha and beta or you were, I know Jeff was Jeff, who's been on the show before. You know, I watched like all the trailers and whatnot, but I, I I hadn't actually played it until game time, you know, release date or whatever. So. Now, I haven't been following too much. Well, I I knew the game released. It was one that I was trying to decide if I wanted to grab, too, because I think it was going to depend on if I had people to play with. Right. And to me, the excitement of the game seems like it would wear off for me after a while because they weren't really clear on what you're going to do after just, like, treasure hunting and sailing the high seas. So, after and now owning the game and playing it for a little while, is there anything to do besides that? PvP. Just finding other people sailing around and... And blowing the shit out of their ship, <laughs> yeah. And okay. I, I have yet to do that. <laughs> well, at all. <laughs> um, I Usually it ends up with them sailing up to me and, like, starting to throw holes into my ship and I, like... You know, I evacuate my ship and like swim up onto their ship before they know it, and like stab them in the back <laughs> while they're shooting my ship. I did that a couple times. Do you, but, uh... <laughs> do you play by yourself, or do you have a crew to roll with? Uh, I've played with Emily. We've played it together, so we so far I've just done the two two person crew thing. Okay. It's a very difficult game to solo, and that's okay. sort of the impression I got too. Yeah, because I mean, you have to you have to kind of like. Sail the ship, check the map, check the mast, scout, you know, all at the same time. And then if, I, like, there's two different types of ships. There's a sloop and a galleon. The galleon is much larger, a lot of guns, and usually, you know, crewed by a whole bunch of people. So if your sloop gets uh, caught by a galleon, you're going to die. And I imagine that's what's <laughs> been happening to you then. Oh, yes. Finding all yeah. the bigger ships everywhere. Yeah. See, we gotta get you hooked up with Jeff then, because I know Jeff's rolling with a crew. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Emily plays, and my cousin Mikey plays it as well, so because he has that game, game Pass and it's free with Game Pass. So, 
So I'm hoping to get a three person crew going on at some point or another. So is it just like you're you're getting treasure and then you're what cashing in treasure for coins to buy customizable stuff? Right. So uh, there's three factions. There is the Merchants Guild, the uh, Gold Pickers or something, and then the the Mystic something or another. Okay. Um, the Mystic something or another. You basically go hunting for skeleton skeleton crews on islands okay so you basically go and you fight like a a skeleton crew and then eventually a skeleton captain will come up that's a lot harder and you have to defeat that captain and then that captain leaves behind a skull that you have to turn in okay um it's like a haunted skull or some kind of thing like glows green and has spooky sounds and stuff like that um the gold pickers, you know, they give you a uh, treasure map or two, and then you have to decide, discern which island it's on and go try and dig it up and whatnot. And the merchant's one is actually kind of a pain in the ass because you have to run around and catch chickens. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have to, like, oh, we want a red speckled chicken by this time at this date at this place. And you're like, oh, fee, what are those? <laughs> you have to just basically sail around until you hopefully find one. There's no rhyme or reason to that one. That one's kind of hard. Yeah. But uh, those are... That's kind of all of the content there is. See, and that I feel like the novelty for me would wear off pretty quickly just doing that stuff over and over and yeah, over and over again. That's, that's that's the big thing for that game right now is that it, it's it's kind of lacking content. But let me tell you this, it is a beautiful game. Oh the, yeah. The, just just the boat, the waves, uh the 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 music is is just just the just sailing. I could just sail that game and be completely. <laughs> even so it, one even of, through like the thunderstorms and stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's they did such a fantastic job with like the the water and the ship, and I think they have an excellent structure. And I think if they keep building on that, they'll have a a, a, a really really enjoyable game. It, it and it is already, but it's it gets kind of redundant. So my biggest concern before the game came out and about every aspect of it was, did they monetize the game at all? Monetize it. Um, microtransactions. Is there a pay-to-win element in the PvP where people can pay to get stuff and get better just by spending money? You know, like that, that was a big concern for me. I feel like it'll probably eventually get to that, but at this point there are no microtransactions. Okay. Good. That's that's a huge positive in yeah today's so world. far all the customization, all the weapons, everything is is merely um, uh, cosmetic. Cosmetic, yes. Just you know, yeah. like oh, I have a gold cutlass, woo! You know, or like hey, my ship, my ship sails has a skull on it. Arr, so no, there's no, no like RPG yeah, elements like, to it. No, not not so far. No, the the only thing that's like RPG is is you get like reputation for the three different factions. And what does it do for you? Oh, what do you mean? Uh, having a higher reputation with the faction is there benefit to it? Uh, you get harder quests, um, and also okay. they have uh, customizable gear for said factions and whatnot. So does it unlock like different tiers of gear? If you get your reputation There's up, not a lot to that, <laughs> honestly. 
But, uh, I mean, you get titles for each one, and you get, uh, they have certain gears for each one, like the one, I think the merchants have like a, or no, the gold pickers have like a gold shovel, and the other one's like a golden compass or something like that. So you can eventually go and buy. But a lot of the stuff costs a lot of money for the upgrades, and you don't really get a lot of money for turning in like the treasure chests and whatnot, so. You're, like, the the game itself looks and sounds really cool like i think the pirate sailing and and all that kind of stuff and you know managing a ship and and going around with other people in your crew friends of yours and stuff like that all that sounds amazing the grind and lack of content i think would really turn me off from the game to the point where i'd probably play it for like a day or two and then be like okay now what and then i'd put it aside and i don't know if i'd ever come back to it okay yeah i at this point if that's your feeling i probably wouldn't start playing it yeah, I think I gotta uh, I gotta hear yeah. what they're gonna what their next plan is. Right. Yeah, because they they have yet to really announce any kind of structure past this. They've just been trying to perfect what they've got going right now. And you I heard they had I mean? a lot of server issues when it first launched too. Oh, like yeah, people I weren't connecting like, and stuff. I couldn't play the first day and a half. See, and that's rough when you're launching yeah. a brand new IP to get mm-hmm. people into it, and then it doesn't work. Yeah, they were catching a lot of flag for that. It's so. Friday the thirteenth when they, when that game launched. That was one of the like top five selling games last year, and its servers almost a year later are still broken. <laughs> yeah. So it, well, that was a game. I feel like that, like I hadn't heard too much about that game, and then it just kind of blew up. So they probably weren't expecting the type of like player base they had to support. But you're right. Well, a year or so later, that should be. Supported, but it, it wasn't even that. Like, well, that game just they needed dedicated servers because they every match had a host, and as soon as the host, like, they had problems where like the host would get killed by Jason and they'd quit, and the whole match ended, and it, nobody got their experience points, none of that happened. And then they also had issues with just completely disconnecting from matches all the time. Well, my but, point being is that Rare is not like a smaller studio, they're a triple no. a developer that should have been prepared for this type of like player base that's going to try to jam you know jam out of the game day one has right. rare put out a lot of games that are heavily online based i feel like they really haven't lately no no what what have they do it like besides like you know what what goldeneye and perfect dark and all that what was their Newest stuff, probably Donkey Kong, right? They're, I think the last thing they did was like the rare replay thing, right? It was the a game that was all mm-hmm. of like their classic stuff on one disc. Okay, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can recall recently besides this. So yeah, this is a bigger endeavor for them, but I don't know. I get maybe just because I remember Rare from N sixty four days, I see them as a bigger studio that should be more equipped and prepared right. for this. Yeah, especially because they are owned by Microsoft. Yeah, that's they. Yeah, it goes it goes rare, and then it goes directly I, to Microsoft Studios after that. So, I can understand that, but at the same time, like Blizzard and Activision are like a thing now, and you don't see any of the good stuff that Blizzard does showing up in any Activision games. Like it's all they still operate very much separately. Okay. So I, yeah, fair like point. Being being owned by Microsoft, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I guess like Activision and Blizzard are are more like they hit 
all platforms. Yeah, but I think they were more of like a partnership. Like if you're owned by a company, they may not even care that much about input into stuff like that. Microsoft was definitely marketing this as this big Xbox exclusive, like trying to get people to buy systems because that's the only place you can play this game, which I feel like when you start marketing something that much, I don't know. I guess I just, the lack of preparedness, I think for that game, either whether it's Microsoft's fault or Rare's fault, I I think was definitely a black spot for them and Uh, probably cost them. I see what you did there. (laughs) <laughs> probably cost them some players <laughs> from from day one. People probably bought the game, and and I know there's an like, you know, you, when you start reading the internet comments, there's people that are so fucking petty and very oh, quick yeah. to judge some of these games. Where if it doesn't work day one, they're like, "Well, fuck this thing, I'm selling it back." Right. Yep. So I, yeah, I don't know. I I would definitely keep my eyes on it. It's definitely one that I would like to try. But at this point, I don't know if I'd buy it at full price. I'll do the same as I did with Destiny. When it's a complete game and it, I feel like it's worth the price, I'll hop into it. Like Destiny 1, I didn't feel like it was complete at the launch, so I waited. And eventually, you know, got talked into it. I feel like this is the same thing. I looked at it kind of the same way you did. I wanted there to be more to it than what it sounded like there was. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys end up playing... uh Look me up. Yeah, we'll have to work. We'll have to figure out a good time to play because your work schedule's screwing us all up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm unemployed. I play whenever I want. Shove it over there. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have a job for me instead? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fixing the sails on his boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the the wheel man. Uh, anything else you'll do, Andy? Uh, I also started playing, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, okay. That's an older game, right? On Xbox. Uh, I think it's just hit its four-year anniversary, but it's, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. the Elder Scrolls MMORPG. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you play any of the other Elder Scrolls games? Uh, yeah, I played Oblivion in Skyrim. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I may have played Morrowind for original Xbox, maybe, like, once for like 20 minutes, but then I don't think that counts. Oh, wait, that was a have... rough game to play because of the loading times. I, I did have Red Guard for my computer, which was an Elder Scrolls game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game sucked. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> Oblivion and Skyrim are really good, and this Elder Scrolls Online is a lot of fun too. So, Yeah, my brother-in-law got really into Skyrim on PS4 to the point where he's like, I want to play other games, but I keep coming back to Skyrim, and he just had to... He, I think the last thing he told me was he had to retire Skyrim because he was putting in way too much time to it and not playing <laughs> anything else and just needed to take a break. So I, yeah, that's one I've never this... played. I think I, I had... I, I think I got it... One of the two or three times that I've bought a 360 because they've died and I've at some point replaced them. At one point I bought a 360, I think, that came with Skyrim for free. That was just part of the package. And I downloaded it onto the, onto the system, and I never played it because I knew what kind of kind of a time suck it was going to be, and I just couldn't devote oh, that much time to it. Yeah, <laughs> good, it, good, it good is game. a time suck, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's it's a really good game, and even if you don't even finish the quest, it's I think it's worth even just playing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you can main story it and not have to. 
Yeah, you try and like min maxing your character yeah, and spending a couple thousand hours with them. You can complete the story without doing that. Yeah, and and you have to try very hard to um, ignore all the side quests because there's a whole <laughs> fucking shit ton of side quests. Yeah, but. that was like it's distraction, distraction, distraction. It's like, oh look, you can do this and that and this and that, and if you let yourself go and do all of that. A few thousand hours later, you're gonna be like, "So what I've, came out in the last two years?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. at this point, it's sitting somewhere down the list of my back catalog of games that um, maybe I'll get to eventually. But for right now, it is it is just collecting, not even collecting dust because it's da- it's digital content. But it's it's on there saying "Play me," but I I, I ignore it. <laughs> uh, do you play that one with anybody, Andy? Or are you all pretty much on your uh, own for that one? Emily and I are playing that one together. Okay, nice. Cool. Um, and uh, recently I read um, the Vertigo and DC Comics um, iZombie Omnibus, which is a collection of all the iZombie comic books that uh, spawned the iZombie CW show. Right. So is the comic close to the show? No, not even remotely. <laughs> I mean, the, the core concept is there, but they changed a lot for the show. And both are really good, and I like them both a lot, but they are quite different. Fair. Do you have? A, you don't have a preference one of the other, one over the other. Ooh, um, I really like the comic book, but I'm I'm I I'm really interested to see what they do with the. Uh, the show, okay, like where it left off the last time and whatnot. So they kind of have you on a cliffhanger. Right now. So anybody, anybody new to that content, whether the comics or the show, you'd recommend starting with the show. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd recommend starting with the show. But once, if you like the show, I mean, I, I think reading the like the artist concept and uh, just looking at the art and whatnot um, is is it's pretty badass. That I thought it was pretty cool to to get the get the book and do that as well so i i've needed a new show i probably will start watching that one it's because uh, uh, you know what just kind of did it on a whim we didn't we were looking for something to watch and i'm like yeah let's give this a whirl and ended up really really liking it so i i would hi- highly recommend it yeah i mean for me it's definitely that over the comic book because i can the show's on netflix i can just watch it right i've seen it there a thousand times and it's always something i just kind of flipped by in the comic book, however, I would have to go out and actually spend money on first. Right. So, the yeah. free thing comes first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I'll give it a watch. Yeah, I, yeah about it. I would do it. Do it! Do it! <laughs> uh, anything else? Or is that tapped out your list? I think that'll I think that'll do it for me. Haven't seen any movies recently? No, I've been... Slacking on the movies, pretty bad. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I still haven't seen Black Panther. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, see, <laughs> still in theaters, man. You got to get there. I know. You gonna you gonna try to fit it in before Infinity War? Or are you just gonna go straight to Infinity War? Can I? It might be available for double feature activities. Oh, okay. I I really don't what know if there's. I think, I think they'll pull it. I, I don't it think there's too fair. much setup in Black Panther for Infinity War, other than just okay. getting a little bit more of the character. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
But it would still be cool if you were able to just theater hop it and pay for both tickets and just do both back to back. That'd be awesome. That's true. I like, like I said, I think they'll pull it. I think they'd be stupid, actually stupid to pull it. I think they should keep it in theaters. I I would think so. I'm just anticipating them pulling it and a lot of theaters dropping it because they're putting Infinity War on eight. Well, screens, okay, so maybe like that. Maybe I'm thinking they they'd keep it in theaters up until the day and day release of Infinity War. At that point, they'd swap out Black Panther for Infinity War. Yeah. But it's still, maybe it'll still be in theaters just very, very few showtimes, because I think even some of the people that probably, you know, sort of like Andy, that haven't got to Black Panther yet, they see Infinity War, and then they makes them that much more want to go see Black Panther, that it might, they yeah. might even see a surge in some of the Black Panther money coming back in the month of May. It's possible. Or at the very least, leading up to it, I think once the marketing really, really ramps up for Infinity War, people are going to want to see Black Panther again before Infinity War comes out. Yeah, I was actually considering it going again, just because, you know, get one more in while it's still in theaters, and yeah, you know, get, because like you said, I have been keeping up on like slowly watching the movies up to Infinity War. Yeah. And we didn't think you were going to be able to, like, oh, Black Panther's just going to be not in theaters anymore. You're not going to have a Blu-ray yet, so you're not going to get to watch that in succession where you would want to. Right. That's not true. You can. <laughs> so. It's a smart move by them. Yeah. Well, although, Andy, although if you get to timeline it. timeline gets screwed up when they change the date. Maybe. Yeah. That's. I guess that's true. I didn't really go back and look at that list to see. If it if if you got to double up on a week just to get them all in before Infinity War now, at the end of May or end of April, um, yeah. Andy, I guess if you get around to Black Panther, if we do another What's Up with You, you can come back and tell us what you think. Yeah, yeah, I'm I I want to see it. I just haven't found the time to do it. And I know you didn't get to Ready Player One yet either, so I'm a little no, mad at you about yeah. that. <laughs> nope, didn't get to that one either. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, I guess we'll move on to Bradley. What do you got? Um, gaming. Um, I started playing like like I'm still mostly playing Dark Souls two and three. Um, and you know it's something I'm sad I missed out on first time around, but uh, having a blast playing those. Um, they get a, you know, that reputation for being extremely hard and things like that. To me, they're just fun. It reminds me, you know, more of, honestly, it reminds me more of like an adult Zelda game. Okay. Um, then, cause I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a dungeon crawler. You, well, not dungeon crawler. It's go to a dungeon, defeat a boss, get something you might need to move on to the next dungeon kind of progression. Um, in in that aspect, it feels a lot like Zelda. Now the combat doesn't. It, it's it, it it feels they feel like an old video game where you have to you're gonna die to a boss several times while you're learning how to beat it. Um, and it's you know figuring out the timing and things like that that play more into it than figuring out the tricks. There's a few bosses in the game that have tricks that you can use to beat them. But for the most part, it's figuring out where to stand, when, when to dodge, when to jump, when to do whatever. 
and I don't know, I've had a lot of fun with that. But as far as any other new games, I also started playing Far Cry 5. Real quick, okay. though, have you, have you broken any controllers in frustration? No, no, I'm not having that much trouble with Dark Souls. Okay. Like, it's not, it's not giving me struggles the way it might give some people struggles. I don't know. Like, oh, way to pat yourself on the back. I'm so good at video games. Look at me. This game is no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get me confused with that. They, like, everybody has their niche in, I don't, I don't find it frustrating when I die to a boss 20 times trying to figure out how to beat it. Um, I, to me, that's a challenge and I like, it's a rare thing to actually be challenged by a video game these days that I love it. I want more games that throw an actual challenge where I'm going to spend a long time trying to get through a boss. Um, I've beaten both of the games now. I'm on my new game plus playthrough on Dark Souls 3. Um, considering about the downloadable content for it, I didn't even look at the prices on it and what it is now a few years down the road. But if the downloadable content's cheap, I'll go in just to get a few more bosses that you can kill. Because, what the hell. The, the, the addition of two that I bought that's available for Xbox One... It's the only one you can get for Xbox One. It has all the DLC because it was an Xbox 360 game. So, but it's a, it's kind of like a remastered version. So they updated the graphics to full HD now and everything. And I started playing it because I seen they were releasing the first game as a remaster in May. And I had played the first game and I kind of wanted to get back into the series. So. I said, ah, what the hell, I'll try them out. But I, I recommend them to everybody, honestly. It's don't let the level of difficulty put you off of it. Um, yeah, because that's kind of what I've already done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't, don't be intimidated by that supposed level of difficulty. It's not as difficult as people want it to seem. I feel like, you know, like the community for Dark Souls has always been very toxic and they don't, they want it to seem like that elitist community and everything like that. It's not as hard as people make it seem. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. And anyways, moving on. Uh, real quick though, uh, Andy, have you played those games? Is that what you were talking about? Uh, I, my brother had what, what was it? Uh, Demon Soul 1 or something? Was that, oh, was yeah, that yeah, where right. it started? There, there was yeah. Demon Souls was the first game. Yeah, and that was like I couldn't even get past like the first fucking hallway. So <laughs> yeah, I, I you started, did break I a saw, controller, like, is what you're saying? No, no, no. no. I mean, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that before on other games, but um, <laughs> I believe you were there for that, Brian. Anyway, I've um, told that story a few times. I think. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't break days. one. I didn't break one there. I was just kind of like, yeah, this game looks fun. And the graphics are cool, and like the the concept is really awesome. Is I just can't do anything, and I give up. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> well, the the hardest parts of these games is getting past the first two hours of gameplay. It's getting through those first two hours, getting your level ups in, get like getting leveled up enough that you. Don't just get killed instantly by everything. 
um, getting a feel for it, getting your timing down, uh, all that sort of stuff, it comes as the most difficult phase in any of these games. Okay. So if you can get past that first bit, what's I after that is incredible. Wasn't able to get past that first bit. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, if you that can... That was a much earlier iteration of those games, but still. Well, on Dark Souls 3, if you can manage to get past the very first bit and get to the first bonfire, I can... Uh, I can make your life a lot easier, because Dark Souls 3 allows me to drop you stuff to level up with. Oh. So you can join my game, and I could just drop you a bunch of souls, and you could level up instantly to whatever level you can get to from whatever amount of souls I managed to give you. That sounds kind of cool. Um, because they're useless to me at this point. Like, it, no, you gotta get, oh, I'm so good at this game. Uh. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. It's the way the level up system works. So, you have your usual RPG stats there that you choose to level up, and it costs you X amount of souls to put one level up point into any of those categories. But each time you put a point in, the cost for the next point goes up, and up, and up, and up, and up, and up, and it multiplies exponentially to the point where now for the next level for myself I need 790,000 souls to make one point in one category which Oof. is worthless the amount of work to get 790,000 souls is just not worth it at all to do that so I can't drop souls to give him what I can drop it well the way the game works is you have souls that you get just when you kill something, and they just go right into your total number of souls at the bottom of your screen. But when you kill a boss, or sometimes randomly on the ground, sometimes randomly dropped by an enemy, they will drop a soul, and it's an item that goes into your inventory. And so you might... And they'll be different. Like, you have a soul of a demon, a soul of this knight, a soul of a proud hero, whatever... And those I can drop, and they're worth different amounts of souls that he could pick up. And makes life a lot easier it in sounds the like aspects of the game. A lot easier for me, yeah. Um, oh, it, 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 in the early parts of the game, if you were over-leveled for those parts that are tough to get by, it's going to take you a while. Like, you're going to get frustrated with the first few bosses while you're learning the dodging mechanics and all that. But once you get past that, it's all just fun. Once you learn how to dodge, because they're basic um, functionality of the role in the game is that it has what are called iframes, which are invincibility frames. When you roll, there's a certain number of amount of time during that roll that you can't be damaged. So it doesn't matter what's happening. If you're at that part of the roll, it doesn't hit you. If you get hit before or after that part of the roll, it's no good. But once you learn how to time that roll with a boss's attack, it's it's very, very much easier. But it takes some getting used to. Okay. Um, but I will move on. I was going to say, I've interrupted <laughs> you like three times already, so go ahead and talk about Far Cry. <laughs> um, Far Cry 5, so far... Um, we were talking earlier about getting distracted by side missions. Um, 
holy shit, is there a lot to be distracted by in Far Cry. Yeah. It, like, I, they drop me in, and you go to it, there's X amount of lieutenants you have to take down before you can access the final boss of the game or whatever. And But they drop you into a county in Montana. Um, can't remember the name of the county. It's a made-up Hope County, yes. Um, and the first thing that I notice is fish jumping out of the water. And I'm like, oh, i got to be able to fish for them. And then I go and I talk to the first merchant. He sells a fly fishing rod. And I'm like, holy shit, I can fly fish in this game? Because, I mean, that's what I do in real life. I go out, I fly fish on the water, and I, I, I'll spend days doing that shit. And... Um, I think Next I've thing got Mike a few knows, hundred fish. Three days later, he's done fishing, and he's got a hundred fish from Far Cry. Uh, dude, I've got several hundred <laughs> fish that I've got on Far Cry. Because it makes you actually, like, work to find different kinds of fish. It's not like, oh, you found water, just cast a line, and then every possible kind of fish is there. No. It took me a solid three, four hours roaming around trying to find something that wasn't a rainbow trout because you go like the the area that you spawn in you cast in you can catch a rainbow trout right in the water that's close by it's like their most common thing to catch or whatever okay but but i but i spent a large time looking at the map and being like oh there's a lake here maybe that lake will be something and so then you find a reason to go and get a plane because you mark that spot on the map and it's like, oh, that's 8,000 meters away. And you're like, I, th- I think I need a vehicle for this. Okay. So <laughs> you go in the the flying of the plane. God damn, that's fun. <laughs> Th- this game actually nailed the way flying a little biplane should feel. Cause it's a, like, it's very much a biplane. Like it's a, like a one seater you get in the cockpit and that's the only seat there is. But it's always in first-person view. You can't, you cannot get out of first-person view in the plane or in the car. And I like that about it in the plane. In the car, God, it's awful. Yeah, that's um, just something I've I've had to get used to for Far Cry games. Is it's a first-person game. You're in first-person through all the cutscenes. You're in first-person through everything you do. There is no breaking that first-person wall, which is a choice they've made for the game. But for someone like Mike that likes to drive in third person, it can be a little rough. It's it's not even just driving third person. I, I don't mind driving in the first person. Their cars handle for shit. Oh, yeah, I guess that too, yeah. The, the plane handles beautifully, and it feels, like, good when you're doing it. Like, I didn't even crash the first time I went to land the plane. It felt great. In the car, I'm like, Turn left, damn it. You're turning <laughs> left. And it's like, this game is not set, you know, a hundred years ago. They, like, there's power steering in these cars, and it doesn't feel like it. Um, it like, it just, I don't know, it feels very... More, more difficult than it should be to drive a car in the game. That said, there is, like, Evil Knievel-type um, stunts you can unlock... Like, randomly on the map, you'll come across a, like, a plaque that'll have, uh, what's his name? Like, Dash Nixon or something like that. And it, it, like, he was, like, a daredevil of the time, and you get to 
it like instantly transports you into recreating the stunt. And so far, I've only found one of them. But the one I found, it was like you drive. It, it's like a time thing where you have to drive before the car blows up or you die. Um, so you have to make it through these checkpoints, and just before each checkpoint, they're making like a cascade of gasoline that they're putting on you, and then there's a guy throwing fire at the car at the same time. <laughs> and it, it and it's not like an enemy that you're supposed to run over. It's supposed to be part of the fun. So like the car's gradually catching more fire as you're trying to go through all these different crazy turns and jumps. And it, it was a lot of fun. It was a cool thing I didn't know was in the game until I accidentally happened upon one of these plaques and examined it. And then it just put me into this, and it was like, oh, shit. And that sounds like the, the tongue-in-cheek type of humor that Far Cry games are known for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- there's definitely a lot of that so far. Um, But yeah, all around, the gunplay's decent. I'm not thrilled. Like, it's not, it's not bungee gunplay. It's not as it's not crisp, but I feel like if it was crisp, the game would be way too easy, um, because the enemies are just like human beings, one or two shots and they're dead. Um, so crisper gunplay would lead to no difficulty whatsoever, um, which I'm okay with. But the the only problem that that the only negative I would say about the game so far is they need to like adjust the spawn times or spawn amounts or something like that for mountain lions. Because you're just walking around and it seems like, I don't know, every three minutes you can be attacked by yet another different mountain lion after you just killed one less than 100 yards away. And it's like, I don't want to have to deal with these mountain lions popping up behind me all the time and making me piss my pants because they jump into my crotch. That reminds it, it, me it's... of uh, in Far Cry 4 being attacked by birds. Mm-hmm. All the, it's Every fucking time it scared me because you <laughs> never see it coming. <laughs> yep. just, your guy just turns around and he's like swatting in an eagle that's like clawing at your arm and you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. And then they fly away and then you can't shoot them because I'm a fucking terrible shot when stuff's flying through the air like that and then they come back and get me again. Mm-hmm. In, uh, it's just a vicious I, cycle of being attacked by birds. It, it, speaking of being attacked by birds, the funniest shit I've I've seen in the game so far. Like, you save a lot of NPCs from the crazy cult uh, as you're doing it. Like, there's you know, like an NPC will just be randomly being held up by somebody from the cult. You kill the guy in the cult, and then you come over to talk to them and see what they have to say or whatever. And it's like. I don't know if it was something I did in the game, but it didn't happen for a while. But then, like, the last six times I've rescued an NPC, a turkey comes and attacks them immediately afterwards. And and they actually scream, like, oh, no, a turkey! And they start getting their ass kicked by the turkey. And I'm, like, watching it, like, what the fuck? <laughs> do you, and, do you uh, save them from the turkey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't give you any credit for doing it other than just killing the turkey. Which is ridiculous, by the way, because the... I think it takes from the, like, the basic-ass early game automatic rifle that you that you have. It takes, like, 15 rounds to down a turkey. Oh, my God. It reminds like, me of what? the uh, the honey badger from Far Cry 4. 
the, oh, the honey badger's back. That son of a bitch ran me down and killed me. Honey badger don't give ago. a shit. No, it, it really <laughs> doesn't. Like, that thing just chased me down and would not stop, and I I was trying to shoot it, but it's so fucking small. It's like, None of that, like, it doesn't even get phased when you fire some rounds into it. It just keeps charging at you. It doesn't give a fuck. Yep. But yeah, like, the first time I counted the, the rounds that it took to kill a turkey, and I'm like, why? It takes two shots to, the, like, maybe one or two shots to the chest to kill a man. One shot to the head. I'm fucking unloading on this turkey, and it's just standing there taking it. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's a turkey. This is not, like, oh. That said, overall, it's fun. Um, It's nonsensical fun, but it's fun. Um, yeah, the Far Cry games have always been fun for me. Like... I don't think I've ever played, like, the first one or two. I think I really got into it with Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. And I I bought 4 when it was out for a while, and I could get, like, the, the Gold Edition or Game of the Year Edition, whatever, to play all this stuff. And that one took me a while to get through, too. I don't think I... I started playing one of the DLCs and never finished it, but I know that being in the mountains of, of Far Cry 4 was really, really cool. All the settings and everything for that was awesome. There's a lot of stuff to explore. It takes you a really long time. So I'm I'm, and Far Cry Five is another one I'd like to get into, but I'm I've become very stingy with buying games at sixty dollars. Where if I don't feel like I need it day one, I'll just wait until it drops in price or they get a game of the year edition, and then I'll pick right, it up. Right. Well, I actually did not buy it. The guy I game share with bought it. Well, so yeah. Well, either way. Yeah, like for me, the guy I'm game sharing with, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, Far Cry Five will be there. Like, I pre-ordered it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll try it then. Like, I wasn't going to buy that game, but excellent. Something else to mess around with. And I'm having fun with it. So what the hell? Uh, anything else for you, Mike? Um, yeah, just uh, today I actually watched the new Netflix movie called The Titan. Um, Sam Worthington. Oh, okay, okay. I do know what that is. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, uh... Can you give us a summary? Like, what the hell is it about? Yeah, yeah, yeah what is this? Um, so... It's Sam Worthington's the only notable actor in it. Um, there's one girl that's on Game of Thrones that is in this, but I do not know her name. Um, but it's not... It's not, like, a star-studded cast. They kind of, I think, blew their production budget on Sam Worthington and getting him into this. Um, but... It's essentially, I want to say they said like 2060, 2070, something like that is the year. And the Earth is soon to become uninhabitable for man. You know, they're estimating 10 to 20 years is all the Earth has left before people starve to death. Um, Because we've just depleted all our resources, whatever reason they give. All sorts of different reasons. Um, and their hope is that we can one day populate the moon of Titan, uh, or the moon Titan of Saturn. Okay. And in order to do so, their plan is to take a bunch of highly capable military types from around the world and turn them into, uh, Titans. Um, they have to make them like adaptable to Titan's environment, right? To be able to live there. Yes. So Titan has a methane ocean 
Um, it has, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why Titan would be inhospitable for human beings. Right. But they assumed with a few adjustments that Titan would also be among the most hospitable places in the solar system. I don't think that's actually very accurate at all. It makes no goddamn sense to me why you'd go so far out as Titan. Um, but that was, like, in theory, it makes no more sense to go to Titan than it does to Venus. Um, just in my own brain, that was bugging the hell out of me through the whole movie. <laughs> but but they're trying to make him and all these other people um, Titans. They're trying to make them able to survive on Titan. And in doing so, they create some problems, of course, you know. Anytime you start messing with genetics and stuff like that, there's always that sci-fi movie problems. Um, but I don't, I, 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 I don't recommend bothering. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, here's the biggest problem that I had is that it seemed like there was actually a moment during this where I was like, is this some kind of like covert campaign by Ridley Scott to insert some sort of origin story for Prometheus into time travel or some shit? Because what they end up making them look like, it looks exactly like, uh, what were they, the precursors? Oh. Uh. In... In Prometheus, I'm not, like, dead on. They look like a damn precursor from Prometheus. And I was like... So is this supposed to be... I couldn't tell from the trailer. Is it supposed to be, like, a horror film? Not really. It's sci-fi. Like, it's not... It's not horror. It... it, There's no, you know, suspenseful this, that, or the other. It's more... I would say it's, you know, it's a sci-fi movie that's trying to make a moral point and it fails utterly on just every account that it tries to make. Like, it fails as a sci-fi movie because, quite frankly, they don't explain any of the damn science. They don't even attempt to. They're just like, well, we're giving them an enzyme that's gonna make them able to withstand cold temperatures on Titan and be able to breathe underwater and this, that, and the other. And it's like, Okay, that doesn't make any sense. And then said enzyme and surgeries, like the like the one surgery made sense. They're like, well, it's very dark on Titan um, because you know it's behind Saturn for so much time. So they were adding rods to their eyes so that they could see like cats. And it was like, okay, you know uh, that makes sense. You're operating on their eyes so they can see in the dark. Whatever. It was dumb, but okay, I get it. <laughs> But after all these surgeries, they they do all these different things, and they, and it seems like he goes into like the final surgery, looking like Sam Worthington, and they have this like they show the incision they make on his scalp for the surgery, and what it's not big, and that's the thing like it's not it's not some like major body altering surgery they were doing, but they showed this little incision that they made to do this surgery they had to do. So that his body would uh, properly adjust or something like that. And just this one little thing, and then 
his body transforms while they're doing it into this ridiculous looking thing that looks like one of the precursors. And I'm like, what? This had, like, they showed it slowly happening. Like, his skin was shedding a little bit, you know, throughout parts of the film where it was like, oh, something's happening to him like that. And then from one little surgery, it just happens all at once. No shedding, nothing like that, no explanation on that end. And then all these intentional changes they made to them, they never mention that they also gave them weird tentacles that come out of their fingers that are yeah so i know you're getting like you're you're trying to turn people off from the movie but i feel like anyone that wants to watch it like you're you might be venturing into spoiler territory and describing too much stuff for someone that may actually want to watch this so i'm just gonna say reel it in a little bit okay fair enough i'll reel it in and say um i was if what i'm telling you makes you want to watch it don't i was gonna say (laughs) i was intrigued by like when you first started talking about it, and now I have no desire to see the movie. <laughs> the premise was very intriguing. Bad. And that was about it. The premise was intriguing, and that's about where it ended. <laughs> Same idea. I watched another movie today that I had not heard of before. I think it was called Revolt. Something like that. It was a it's it was a movie that looked very much like a crap B movie awful sci fi flick. But when I looked at the information on it, it said Lee Pace was the lead actor. And I was like, Oh. Might not be terrible if they got Lee Pace to do it. Yeah, Lee Pace was the guy who played um Ronan, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It also Lord of the Rings yeah, and Yeah. Uh, it, the Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah, the Hobbit. Yeah. Um gotta specify that. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Sorry. Um so that movie I didn't even I especially after having just watched a bad sci-fi movie before it I got about 20 minutes into it and I was like how the fuck did they get him to sign on for that and I just turned it off. Huh. Um Oh, and I wasted my time today watching The Circle. Um Oh fuck. Did that you, that was Did you the, watch that with John Boyega and uh um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name, Hermione? Emma Emma Watson, that movie Tom Hanks, Patton Oswalt. That movie sucked ass. I, you know what? And I looked at it and I was like, you know, I've heard this movie's gonna be bad, but I'm just gonna check it out for the hell of it. Ugh. Yeah, right? What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> right? It's so bad. Uh, the, the absolute worst ending to a movie I've ever seen. Right? That was actually one of my big disappointments from last year if you remember on the list oh okay yeah i did remember that making so i think jo- it made josh's disappointment list too because i think i remember him talking about how much he didn't really care for it either yeah it, it it's the the ending of the movie makes no sense the middle of the movie makes no sense there's so many things that make no sense the good actors they got for this movie really try to hold it together and they fail in spite of themselves. Like, Tom Hanks still feels like a good acting role in this movie. It's just the story built around all of this is just... Crap. <laughs> Pure um, crap, yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah, like, the performances. Bill Paxton gives an amazing performance in this movie. As a guy with MS. And he plays it so damn well. He does a great job. And it's lost because the movie is such trash. 
Right. And the movie's so bad, it doesn't matter. And, you know, and... <sighs> so you pick some winners for this episode. All the stuff you're talking about, man, you... Yeah, the mo- my movie-going experience of late, um, not that fantastic. I have seen Ready Player One um, three times. Uh, oh, man. All right. Yeah, I... I went Wednesday when I kind of got the surprise, like, oh, look, it's the Wednesday preview because it comes out Thursday because it's Good Friday and they're doing the Easter weekend thing. So that never occurred to me before as to why it was released on the 29th. I had never thought of it in those terms. But I went to buy tickets for Thursday, seeing it was available for Wednesday, and said, well, shit, I can go a day sooner. Yeah. So did that on my own because my wife had stuff to do that night. And then she wanted to go on Friday. So we got tickets for Friday afternoon, and then I wound up going again on uh, Tuesday. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if I like it or not. I might have to go a fourth time and figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get into that hopefully next week. Yeah, that's I'm not going to talk about that at all. That's another discussion. Um, TV, for me, the only thing I've been watching that's new on TV is with The Walking Dead. Um, coming to the end of the season here, gonna get to see what plays out with Rick and Negan, and the whole crew, and see what happens, finally, hopefully, um, should be fun. The last episode was a lot better than most of the rest for the last two seasons. It felt Uh like a much better episode, and, like, things were finally getting interesting again after two seasons of waiting for it to be interesting, um... But yeah, that's pretty much it for me, you know, um, not reading anything new at the moment, so. Yeah, that's probably the one thing I haven't done recently is, is read stuff. I'd like uh, to, I'm, I just never end up doing it. I'm, I'm rereading Ready Player One to get another comparison to the movie in my head. Okay. But I, I don't consider that news, like it's, you know, rereading something is not. Right, right. Um, I don't know anything else from you or I'll try to get through my little list here no that's all I've got alrighty Um, yeah I've been I've been watching and playing stuff I haven't really read too much stuff Um, I did go see a couple other movies in the theater besides Ready Player One I did see Tomb Raider oh okay Um, I actually did like Tomb Raider I don't know if it's if it's beating the video game curse yet um I, th- I think they did a pretty good job adapting what i know of the first uh couple rebooted tomb raider games which was just tomb raider and rise of the tomb raider i think they they take a lot of inspiration from both of those there's some set pieces i think that are pulled from the game that you see in the movie um the director of the movie i have never heard of before i don't know what he's done but i thought he did a pretty decent job with what they were working with um, I'd like to see this get a sequel and just to see where they go with it. Um, plot wise, I think there was probably some predictable stuff that happens. I don't think there was too many like twist and turn surprise stuff, but even just having this, if, if you've played the Tomb Raider games, the most recent ones, I think having that sort of backstory and restarting Laura Croft the way they did in those games, I think worked really well. And since the movie takes inspiration from those games, I think it, it pulls off a lot of that stuff pretty pretty good. Um, the other movie that I saw was Pacific Rim Uprising. Okay. Which, 
I'm still trying to grip with whether I like the first one or the second one better. Uh, the plot of the second one still has plot holes, probably like the first one does. Yep. Um, but I, I think the cast did a really good job. Well, Scott Eastwood's kind of bland. I think everybody else does pretty well. Um, John Boyega's fun. Um, that... One thing that I, I like really irritated me is they had the the one character from or the, the there was the two main characters from the first one there was Mako and uh, what the hell was the guy's name Charlie Hennem Riley I think I can't remember what his yeah. name is. What was his Riley. name so Mako makes an appearance in this movie they name drop Riley one time and give no explanation as to why he is not involved when all this shit hits the fan <laughs> being such a hero and involved in the first movie I hate it when movies do that. Mm-hmm. Like they just hope you forget about these things and, and I, shit like that irritates me. I like I was mildly irritated by that. I was extremely irritated by the one hundred percent like just stolen character story. Like that for what did you see this movie too? Are you talking about what? I was Why in the theater with you when I when you saw this movie. Oh god damn it, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he literally bought my ticket to go see I, this. You know, this, this is what happens. I feel like I see so many movies with so many different people. I don't honestly don't remember who I saw what with when. It's, it's all good. I'm it? still frustrated after my fucking you, computer being a son of a bitch. I'm, I'm all off my game. Um, my, my apologies. My apologies. It's, it's all good. It's just funny. Um... But the 100% rehash of a different character having the same backstory as a character in the first movie was just like, why would they do that? Yeah. It's just, I'm not going to, no spoilers or anything. It's just, there's one character whose backstory is identical to somebody, a different character from the first movie's backstory. And it's like, what (laughs) the fuck? Yeah. Like, did you watch the first, did you just like, be like, oh, big monsters, and did you miss that part of the movie? Did like, was it not there when you watched it? Well, I mean, you wrote the damn screenplay for this one, like, wasn't it? it is that it's like Guillermo yeah, del Toro, isn't it? Or he was the director. He was the first one. He produced this one. He did not direct yeah. this okay. one. Okay. Um, this was directed by Stephen Denight, who I think this was his first movie directorial, uh, like the first movie he's directed. He's done a lot of TV. He was show running Daredevil for Netflix for a while. Oh, okay. I think the first season. Mm-hmm. And then got pulled off to, to start working on the movie. Um, so, I mean, first as a first directing gig, and you get handed this type of blockbuster that has this big of a budget and, and tasked with trying to make something out of this, I think he did a fairly good job. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie. It was fun. Yeah, because you're, you know, it's sort of what we expect. You're not going into these movies expecting some really intricate plot. Oh no! I wanna, just want to see what they string together to get the monsters. I want to see robots to fight these robots. robots. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. you're you're not in the yeah. theater there yeah. for yeah. the award season <laughs> potential. And all of that I thought was fucking fantastic. The robot oh, fights. Yes. That's Dude. all I would watch the movie for because yeah, I didn't have both much of these movies for the first one either. I so. feel like you have what five, six Transformers movies now, whatever it is. Yeah, and. I don't feel like there's a moment in any of the Transformers movies that is as cool as 
the robots fighting in these movies. Oh yeah, this is by far the best Transformers movie you're going to see. Yes. Uh, yeah. And not to mention, like, the first Pacific Rim was all about, like, dark and moody, like, CG fights in the rain. This is daylight. You are seeing everything. Yes. And that's ballsy for this type of CG effects. Even Godzilla did the dark and right. you know, nighttime yeah. thing. So, so having that much happen on screen that is that is in the computer in CG in daylight that looks real, mm-hmm. that's ballsy. And it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. So I did enjoy both of those. I, I had maybe I had better time with movies than, than Mike has had recently. Although you saw Pacific Rim too, so Yeah. Would you would you vouch for what I'm saying or do you agree, disagree? Oh, I agree. Yeah, okay. like, I I'm not it, it's not gonna get me to the theater again to see it, but it's a movie I'll probably buy when it comes out. Right, okay. You yeah. know, it, it's something I'm gonna watch again a few times in my life for sure. Because it's yeah. just it's it's pure popcorn fun. You sit mm-hmm. down, munch away, and just watch some shit happen on screen that is fun. And I will say, um, Charlie Kelly, holy crap, once again, fantastic, as always. Charlie Kelly? Um, Charlie, that's his name, isn't Charlie it? Charlie Day. His name? Day. Yeah, my oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't, I think Charlie Kelly's his name on It's Always Sunny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Charlie Day. Ed, always fantastic once again kills it here um i will say too i never realized how much i missed ron ron perlman from the first one until watching this one i said that to josh at the end when um the movie ended and we were just sitting there during the credits and i was like i'm really sad that ron perlman didn't come back they just ignored the end credits like the post credit scene from the first movie where he cuts well, himself even, out of the i was gonna monster. ask you guys if he made an appearance in this one yeah, there's little Spoiler to alert. no mm-hmm. continuation between the two movies. It's supposed to be a sequel. It takes place like ten years after. Yeah. The only connecting thread is like the world was saved by, you know, these specific people ten years earlier from the monsters, and the rift has been closed. Okay, run with it. Here we go. Here's a new cast of people. This new Jaeger program's kicking up. They're getting a new class of pilots coming in, and it, you're meeting all new people, and they they barely acknowledge the stuff that happened before. Okay. But I even mean, just Ron Perlman having the, the smaller still plays off of the first movie, though. I'm not going to get into what it is, but yeah, that's a, that. That was a nice twist, I thought. Yes. For what happens. Um. That, yeah. So that was actually a, not. I don't know if it's creative, but it it did surprise me. I think when when the, that middle of the movie thing it happened, was, it was a much better explanation for having a sequel than the simple another rift opened up in the pacific and we have to battle them again because they're they're they are setting up the plot that you think is going to go one way and right at the middle when you think you figured it out it 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 does twist it to something completely different which was which is good it was a good twist yeah they 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 throw that in there because they, it was going to be an eye roll had they had they gone with what I expected them to do. Uh, okay. and I'm being very vague because I don't want to spoil too much. I, I, I want to keep that intact. I appreciate you know me and these spoilers. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you get around to this one, Andy, you can let us know what you think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for movie-wise. Television, I have been going through season two of Jessica Jones. Okay. Uh, I think I just finished episode 11, so I should have two more to go. Uh. The first season of Jessica Jones is still probably my 
favorite out of the MCU Netflix series. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I think it's it's somewhat of a slow burn, but it really starts to pick up like halfway through the season. This one feels like a slow burn that I'm still waiting to pick up. Ooh. Like it's, it's okay. I'm still waiting for it to kick into gear. Um Amy and I watched the second season like the day it launched. You got and... through the whole thing? Not that day, but we started watching it that day, and like three days later, we finished it. You know, okay, okay. We power watch. Like, if it's a weekend, we're just like, okay, screw it. We're sitting here for eight hours and watching. And we got through it, and it's not as good as the first season. You know, like, no. it's it, it's not. But it's still way better than Iron Fist. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way better than Defenders. Um, so Defenders was okay. Yeah, I'll I'll defend defenders. I like defenders. Okay, it could have been it could have been better, but I think I my thing for defenders was I think I built it up too much. Yeah, and I wanted it to be a lot better than it was. That's I wanted fair. it to be the spectacle. I wanted it to have that to it, and it was I don't know. Felt like an anticlimactic Avengers movie. Maybe I'm just really easy to please, but once you put all these characters that were separate before into one joint thing, I'm like, this is fucking great. I don't care. <laughs> just seeing them all interact together is great. Anyways, they... <laughs> yeah, we'll get sidetracked for that. But With season two, I felt... You know, like, not disappointed, not bored, just not as into it as season one. Um, Like, immediately after... Amy wanted to rewatch season one, and I was all for it. And it was like, yeah, uh, season two definitely didn't hold up to this. Yeah. You know, like, the whole time you're watching season one, you're like, why couldn't they recreate this magic for season two? I I think it really comes down to the villain. I think there was a solid villain in season one that carried that season for me. I think David Tennant was fucking fantastic in that show. I love that dude. He's awesome. As, As usual. And this season... You're you're trying to figure out who the villain is for half the season, and when you finally figure it out, I was not impressed with where they were going with things. I just finished episode eleven, and episode eleven I thought was the first one to really get me into it for a while. Um, there's a certain character that shows up in that one that really got me excited to see them back, and I don't. Granted, I just finished that episode, so I don't. They made it set up like this character is a one and done sort of for that episode, so I don't know if they're going to come back in in. 12 or 13, but I w- I'll tell you, I will enjoy episodes 12 and 13 more if that person is, <laughs> is back in the those episodes. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see how it ends and if these last couple episodes pick it up. It's, it's, it's setting itself up, I think, to pick up for these last couple, so I might be a little disappointed if it slows back down because it does seem like it's ramping up. I just, I think, wanted that energy to pick up earlier in the season and not in the last three episodes. In all fairness to any TV show, the last few episodes of a season should be the most exciting. Right. Yeah, but they, like they I said, I still feel like... that keep you most glued to the screen. But that first season for, for Jessica Jones, I think, even, it was a slow burn. I will admit that it takes a little bit to get going, but it's still, it there's something about up. that season, yeah, that just, it hooked you really, really quickly at the end of that first episode where you really just wanted to keep going. It's the same for any great superhero story that's going to be told on film in any way. You're as strong you as the villain. You have to have a good, interesting villain. Yeah. And if you don't have that, 
it's it's not going to be very good. Like heroes are great, but you have to have the the other side of the scales here um, in order for things to work. And season two of Jessica Jones definitely well behind season one in that department. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. So I don't know if we'll ever do like a full review because I think we've been slacking on the Marvel Netflix series and stuff like that. So we might just talk about it on on episodes like this. Uh, so we'll see if we 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 can revisit this maybe after I'm done and see if it if it picked up or how I think of it as a whole. But as of right now, it's it's not a struggle, but it's not one where I'm like, okay, go to the next one. Okay, go to the next one. Like I'm still getting there eventually. Yeah, where you're looking at the clock and you're like, shit, do I have time to get another one in before I get to go right, to bed? <laughs> right. Um, the other stuff I'm watching is stuff that I'm, I'm normally watching. I just want to make mention of it because I think they're doing great stuff. Uh, I don't know if we, I don't think either of you are watching Legends of Tomorrow. No. No. Um, that show spun off from The Flash and Arrow and, and that that universe of CW DC shows. And the first season of that, I think it really tried to take itself maybe a little bit too seriously in tone compared to, I mean, arrow is obviously the darkest. I think out of all of those flash always has a sense of fun to it. Legends was maybe somewhere in between in the first season, but by season two, I think they really started to develop a sense of humor and, and really the, the tone shifted to definitely a much more fun show. And it kept up in season three that it's just really, really fun to watch. The last episode they did, which was, I think, the... the, I think they have one episode left next week. I think the finale is next week. Um, and I don't know how much I want to get into it because the half the fun is seeing it. But they, the episode title I thought was very misleading. They have a guest star in the in this season that so far has only been a voice for a the villain character. Which is why I think the title of the episode was a little bit misleading because I, I thought it was just a misprint for like the TV guide. Um, but they have this guest uh, show up uh, in the episode. At, they, they make an appearance in the episode in such a creative and fun way that I just had to mention it because I thought it was fucking fantastic. If you've seen the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, get into the show and watch it because I think it's worth checking out. I don't know if you can just jump into it having not watched Arrow or The Flash because characters are pulled from both of those shows into the show, so it helps having some of that backstory. But if you are that curious about Legends, then I'd say just jump into Season 2. Maybe you'll spin off into the other shows from there. But I I think Legends is underrated. I think they're doing a fantastic job. So that is my stamp of a recommendation for that show. Okay. Um. Andy, I know you've been watching it, but I feel like you're probably still behind. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Very behind. How far behind are you? Three seasons, maybe? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I still haven't... I think I'm closer than that. I, I still haven't seen the <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider one. Ooh, okay. Okay, uh, yeah, then I'm, I'm a little bit closer, because I watched, I think, a third of that season. Okay. <laughs> uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets so much crap for the way that that show started. And trying to connect to the MCU and and having the hurdle of having to deal with the fallout from Winter Soldier right after the show gets picked up. That they knew that was coming and they were just abiding time until that kind of shit hit the fan. From there, I think it's gotten exponentially better. Oh, I, I think, I've enjoyed the shit out of whatever I have seen. Yeah, I think sticking with this show and these characters, they, they do some really, really cool, fun things. I think... 
the some of the characters and especially the actors in the show I think are very underrated. I think Ian DeCaster is one of the best actors on television right now. And he's fucking killing it as Fitz. And there's an episode probably midway through this season where he is f- fucking great and it's a really nice twist for what's going on with the show. And again, I'm just more or less just giving a shout out that if you're not watching Agents of Shield, give it a shot. It's great. If you're a Marvel fan, if you're not a Marvel fan, I think it, it has enough there to hook you. Don't go into it expecting a bunch of MCU connections because by season two, they're not really referencing anything. And the movies and TV show don't really play nice together anymore. So they don't really give a shit. Um, but it gives Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit more freedom to do what they need to do story-wise and, and not feel like they have to affect or react to stuff that's going on in the MCU. So I think the show is better for it. I'm, I think, as far as I know, I think it's still in the bubble. I'm hoping it's get picked up for season six because I, I think it's, I put it up there with the, you know, you know what? I have more fun watching this than any other Marvel Netflix series. Sure. It's I only on just, season six. It's on season five. Wow. So they're looking to get renewed for season six. Feels like but there's every, more than that. Every year it's on the bubble. It doesn't matter what the ratings are. They've moved it now. I think this was the season, or maybe they did it last season. Now I'm. They keep shifting time slot. It is now on Friday nights, which is normally a death slot for TV shows. Um, so I'm hoping they get enough ratings on Friday, or, the, or if they take that, you know, new plus three, whatever they do for DVR ratings and stuff like that, that it's enough to keep it going. I think it's. I feel like the show is getting reviewed well, which hopefully ABC takes into account if they're looking to renew shows. I think like critics, critics and fans really like it, so I'm hoping that that factors in. But fingers crossed, they get to season six. I think they're doing an excellent job. So again, that's just another stamp of approval for another show. If you're not checking it out, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Um, and I just want to throw out a couple other things I'm looking forward to that I haven't started watching yet that are coming up. Uh, Legion season two started a day or two oh, ago. Oh yeah, I'm which really I, looking forward oh. to seeing that. DVR'd the first episode. I haven't watched it yet, but we're definitely, I think, going to have to talk about that eventually. Mike, did you watch the first season yet? I have watched half of it okay. and enjoyed the hell out of it. And then I can't remember. Something distracted me. Got me <laughs> off. I think it might have been Jessica Jones that interrupted me. Okay. Watching, like that came in and I haven't gone back yet. Yeah. I love season one. But it was really good. It's weird. It's fucking creepy. It's it's so out there, but it somehow it fits and works. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's really awesome. Uh, so I'm anxious to see what season two does. Uh, there's a show on Netflix. They're they're remaking Lost in Space, which hits on April 13th, which I think looks great. Okay. So I'm anxious to see what that show looks like. And Westworld season two comes on, starts on April 22nd, I think. Uh, I still haven't watched season one. I'd highly that. recommend that one, too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I right now I do not have a subscription to HBO, so I might hijack someone's account to watch HBO, and because I still I want to actually want to watch Silicon Valley, the new season of Silicon Valley. But I might actually wait until Silicon Valley's over and try to avoid Westworld until it's all done, and then just try to binge through it, because that's what I did with season one. Is I I came to it after the fact. I'm just hoping in the meantime I can avoid any type of spoilers that they may talk about for season two. So I can go into it rather clean because I think that really helped my viewing experience for season one. Uh, so the, yeah, this is just a heads up on a couple things on my radar that could be good. Um, as far as playing, I'll try to go through it quick. Uh, 
I have my staples, my the regular stuff that I, I tend to play. Rocket League, uh, Battlefront 2, I'm still playing. Uh, Destiny 2 has been few and far between lately. We'll see if they... I know they've been revamping Destiny 2 with patches. I don't think I've played it since like the, the speed up patch that they did. I, I, Mike, have you played that since then? Randy? No, I, I yeah, we were talking about that a little bit during the little break, but I haven't played since we talked about it in one episode, so... Okay. It, it's... A, it, PvE feels exactly the same. Okay. Um, PvP... It... I don't want to say it feels like a completely different game, but the PvP in Destiny 2 right now feels significantly different than it, it did better before. Or worse? Depends on your individual perspective. <laughs> um, it, it, in my experience, the Destiny is dealing with the same problems they always deal with. Okay. Um, they made some tweaks, and they created a new absolute meta. Okay. Um, the problem is, is now the meta is more absolute than it ever was. Um, the auto rifle meta is over and you are on to a new pulse rifle meta. Okay. Um, so vigilance, vigilance wing is a two tap to the head. Um, Ooh, I have like three of those. Yes, it is. So pulse rifles are ridiculous though. Certain pulse rifles. Yeah. They, they, you gotta have like, like I said, vigilance wing, um, darkest before, uh, is the pulse rifle from Season 2 of Trials. Um, and Autumn Wind, the Season 2 Crucible Pulse Rifle, um, are extremely good, but you're still talking Vigilance Wing as a two-tap to the head. And it became, other than up close and personal with sidearms and submachine guns, um, it's the only ranged gun right now that has a less than one second time to kill. So, I mean, it's significantly outpacing other guns. Um, and I think it's something that when, because, it, like, you know, Vigilance Wing has the extra shots, and I think when they were balancing the pulse rifles out, that they didn't necessarily think about that or account for it. Um, because now that extra bullet that it gets puts it in a different stratosphere. Um, gotcha. It, like a two tap to me is just insane. Yeah. Anything, anything being a two tap to the head, that just that you know, like we on Destiny One when you had a high impact hand cannon that had luck in the chamber and you procked luck in the chamber and you got a two tap to the head. Okay, but it didn't proc every time. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you two tap to the head and it wouldn't kill them. And that was okay, but this thing, two, two tap to the head every time, feels like they fixed a lot of things, but it feels, the meta feels wrong right now. Like okay. it, feel, it feels like the meta's too powerful. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played since the patch, so I guess we'll see if they, if they get enough feedback, I'm sure they'll patch it again somehow and try to fix it back up. Yeah, um, I mean, they just need to bring other guns up to that. Like, I think it's a good spot for time to kill to be in for all the weapons. Yeah. I think they just need to let auto rifles and submachine gun like, everything, put them in that same territory and the game will feel great. Okay. Um, 
Mike, I know it's been a while since you played Battlefront 2. It's been a while. They uh they revamped the entire progression system for that game. I don't know if you read that. Uh, I did. Here, my like I don't get me wrong. When I would go in to play Battlefront Two, um, I found myself thoroughly enjoying the Starfighter battles, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I found myself kind of shrugging. And wishing they hadn't changed so much from Battlefront 1, well, 3, or 1, whatever you want to call it, the Xbox One version of Battlefront 1, from the standard matches. Um, I feel like that game felt better, played better, was smoother, and I feel like the, this one, I don't know, it, fe- it didn't feel, it wasn't as fun to me. Like, I didn't, I didn't have as much fun, it didn't feel as Star Wars as the first game did, this one felt... I feel like some of their set pieces weren't as immersive. And... I don't know. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I think I disagree with you on that one. I, well, I think the set pieces are prettier in this one. But... I think I feel like gameplay-wise, setting-wise, everything you can do in this game, I think, got improved. I think everything got overshadowed by that loot box controversy bullshit. That everyone was writing off the game before they played it just because of this loot box crap. But I think the gameplay-wise, and I, especially that Starfighter stuff you're talking about, I think it's really, really tight and really, really fun. And it's at the point now where they've basically taken out the loot boxes. They're trying to, if there are loot boxes and stuff in there, I think it's basically going to be for cosmetic stuff. Okay. Um, and the progression system is now based on experience. If you use something, you get experience for it to level it up, and that's how you unlock the next level of a star card. You have to use that card or use that class of character or use that weapon. Even heroes, you can't just buy cards for heroes anymore. You have to use that hero to gain experience for that hero, level up that hero with experience, and then you can unlock another tier of a star card or unlock a star card to be able to use it. So, And did they rein back in the amount of experience it was taking to actually level up? They did that a couple patches ago. Okay. I think. I know they definitely did for, uh, as far as, un- like, gun unlocks. They used to be, like, get a thousand kills with this weapon before you get something. And they reined it back to, like, 400 kills. So they almost cut it in, they cut it in half, basically, for what you need to do. Okay. Which still might take a while, but you have to sort of have an end game for people to want to come back and play that kind of stuff to unlock top tier. Sure. Or, you know, the well, last unlockable or stuff like that. But, I mean, this is the system they should have had in place from the beginning. Yeah, that, but, well, that's what I was going to say. Is it, they didn't adjust those systems that they had in place for the monetization at launch. Right. So when they finally, like, when they said, okay, we're not going to monetize it, and we're not going to launch it with that because of the backlash, they had that same progression system still in place. So right. they had these unattainable levels of XP and shit that you had to get just to unlock these minor upgrades. And that put me off of it early on, because it was like, I don't have the time to level up enough in this game right now. And the other problem for me was I just... The the, the first Battlefront they put out, like I said, I felt more immersed in the levels. Don't get me wrong. The single-player campaign in Battlefront 2, every time they release something for that, I'll be there to play it. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, the, the story 
I think is decent. It's not perfect by any means, but it's a good story and it's fun. The PvP, I think Starfighters in this is much better than the first one. The first one was, I don't know, it was good. I still enjoyed it, but it wasn't as good as this. Um, but just the standard matches, it's really hard to put my finger on what exactly about them screws it up for me. But the standard matches and the heroes, I just don't feel are as fun. I don't have as much fun going around shooting and playing as the heroes. The roster of heroes, awesome. There's some glaring holes still to be filled in their roster of heroes. But yeah, yeah. going around as Darth Maul or Kylo and actually fucking shit up, cool. But I feel less powerful as a hero in this game than I did in the first game. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I could... Well, it might depend on the hero. I don't know. I still like... Like I said, I, th I still think I disagree. I think it's it's still a lot of fun. Because I was going to come in with this recommendation that if you're... You've, if you've been holding on for the game or turned off on the game prior to release or right around release, I think now would be a good time to jump in. Now that they've revamped the system, I think it, it gives you a little bit more to work for. Like, it, the progression feels a little bit quicker since they've shortened some of the caps for things and stuff like that. And... Plus, I think the game is, like, half off right now. A lot of places. I know Xbox continually puts it on sale for, like, 30 bucks. Um, so I would I would highly recommend looking into it if, if you've been on the fence. Especially because, like I said, I think that loot box stuff overshadowed what is actually a good game. So, I... And I'm a Star Wars fan, so I gotta hype all the Star Wars stuff up if you're curious. Andy, did you, did you play Battlefront 1 or this one or 2? I actually picked up Battlefront 2 for PS4. Okay. Have you played it recently or not? I uh, I just played it for the first time the other day. So you haven't even seen on the old progression system? Nope. You're, you're I, working I off the new progression system? Immediately started with the new progression system. Okay, okay. Be thankful. <laughs> yeah, that's what my brother said. <laughs> it was what, rough at lunch. That's what my brother said, yeah. But, yeah, the, I, I mean, I'll hop on it again. You know, I got nothing against it. Fair enough. Um... The last thing I'll mention that I've been playing, uh, I picked up the game a while ago, and then with the movie coming out, it, it made me try to go back and start it for the, not the, not again, for the first time. Um, I started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. Huh. I played the first one, I enjoyed the first one, and then, again, with this movie coming out, I was trying to, I definitely was not going to finish the game before, the, before I saw the movie, so I had just started cracking into the game before the, I saw the movie. And then, of course, after seeing the movie, I'm like, well, shit, now I really want to play these games. So that's when I've when I've been on by myself, that's normally what I've been sticking to is playing more of the story in Rise of the Tomb Raider. And again, both of those games, I think, are excellent. I think the story is really fun. Combat's a little hit or miss as far as the shooting gameplay mechanic. I think I've, I've played better third person shooters and stuff like that before. But as far as a good adventure game, if you if you like Uncharted and want to play something similar with a female antagonist tomb raider is the the way to go so i i will recommend this in relation to uncharted would you say better or worse uncharted is still the the bar for me okay i think it copies a lot from uncharted i think it does a lot of stuff that uncharted did right um but i have more fun playing with nathan drake and seeing how that story plays out than their banter than than laura croft 
not to not to take it away from Laura Croft. I think it's still an excellent game and, and is fun to play. It's just that Uncharted has such a high bar for me, it's hard to live up to that. Okay. I was just wondering because I played all but the last Uncharted. And Yeah, I need I know... a PS4 for those. Uh what was it? Uh I don't know either last month or the month before on the games with gold. The one Tomb Raider game, one of the new Tomb Raider games was there for download, so I, okay. I downloaded it. I, you know, I claimed it, but I haven't played it. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend those. I think both of them are pretty cool. Especially the, the first one does a really good job of rebooting Laura Croft, I think. Okay. And if you've even just watched the trailers for the movie, you'll see a lot of similarities between that game and what the movie's trying to sell. Yeah, I want to get to the movie. I did, like I was waiting to hear somebody tell me that it's not a complete waste of time <laughs> because anytime it's a video game movie, you're always right. Yeah. You know, I'd rather let other people be the test monkeys. And I still think recently the, the best video game movie that I've seen, or at least the most fun video game movie mm-hmm. I've seen so far lately, maybe within the last year is uh that second Jumanji movie. Are we calling it? Well, I don't know if I call that a video game movie though. Cause it, like, they, I think, they get sucked into a video game. I'm calling it no, a video no, no, game movie. No, I, I'm, I'm saying, like, I put that in a different category than Tomb Raider, though. You're saying based on a video game? Is that, right. is that your yeah, stipulation? Based on a video game versus a unique and original story made for a movie. Video game inspiration. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll let that slide. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's true. I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think it's the same thing because they're not right. working with the same somebody else's story and yeah, bastardizing right. it. Um, all right, I think we've we've talked long enough. This obviously I think went longer than I expected it to anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even technical difficulties aside, I think we probably would have been longer than I expected to. And this is what happens. I just I feel like we come into it with a plan, like we're gonna we're gonna keep it this length, and we just have too much fun doing this that it just drags on. And before you know it, it's two hours later, and we're like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> That's all right. The the Avengers podcast will go on in May, so that you know that I'm certain exceedingly long review will yeah not be until and there's going to so be way too much other stuff place. to review in May too. So we gotta we gotta really try to keep that one together yeah may's gonna be a big month <laughs> yeah um all right anything final thoughts any on anything that we talked about or any other recommendations or or uh anything you want people to stay away from before we wrap this up <laughs> um so far a quiet place is killing it on reviews um i am going to be there sometime tomorrow or saturday to go and check that out. I was not anticipating that movie to be not getting any bad reviews from anyone so far. Like, I'm pretty sure Rotten Tomatoes was still up at 99 or 100%. Okay. Uh, last I had seen. That's that's impressive. And I was that's not fair. expecting that from a horror movie. Because yeah. standard for a horror movie that you want to consider good, if you look at actual ratings, is somewhere around 50% or a 5 on IMDb. Like, that generally means it's for a horror movie. It'll be pretty good. Well, especially for so, John Krasinski's. This is I can't even say his name. John Krasinski's what first director like directorial debut I think for him too. Did he write mm-hmm. this too? Mm-hmm. So he's writing, starring, and directing in this movie. Yeah. Hey, so, good on him. Yeah, I, I will be there this weekend 
to watch that. And of course, the following week, I'm not missing Rampage. Um, yeah, I'm on the fence about that one. I don't know. The latest trailer I saw made me want to go see it even more. It just looks like dumb fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's what I get from it. It's like I forget what I compared it to. Something, some fuck. Oh, it's like I it it just gives me a sense of Skull Island meets San Andreas, and neither movie really did anything for me. <laughs> but when you combine them. <laughs> With their powers combined. <laughs> They're still a shitty superhero. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I remember watching the first trailer for Rampage and I was like, what does this feel like? And then it comes up and says, from the director of San Andreas. And I'm like, nope, that's, yep, I got it now. It's like, it's figured out. Um, all right, so maybe we'll check back with you, Mike, on, on some of those if we do well, next time we get to one of these. What's up with yous? Um, but that's it for this one. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week to dive into Ready Player One. I'm hoping to, again, grab some people that haven't read the book that, but have seen the movie and see what they think about this one. Uh, so I'm anxious to unpack that. Uh, and now the regular spiel. If you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show, wherever you decide to listen to us at. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, search Bright Guy Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Friends. And you can, I mention this all the time, but I rarely ever check this stuff. You can email us, brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. Both of those will work. I will probably check neither or check you like three months from now. And if you send us something now, it'll be really, really delayed response. We'll see how it goes. On behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Arg.